Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I think it's Halloween and your birthday. Yes, it is. <laughs> so Krista came in prepared for Halloween. Not um, really. I did not. So I gave so, you a costume. So I'm a Spider-Man? Yeah, we put a spider on Clark's shoulder. If you're not watching on YouTube, he's Spider-Man. I had the best costume, and this is so ironic. It didn't come in the mail in time. I was going to be my... So did you order something from Amazon and I was going to be come? a prime wait, wait, delivery just driver. Admit, just admit I, that listen, no, it didn't, I didn't come. I actually didn't because I ordered a prime, a real prime delivery, like an Amazon delivery vest from eBay. So now I can't even return it when it does come. I was going to be my own prime delivery person that has the private parking spot. I was going to have packages and it was a cheap vest and I was really excited, but it just didn't come in time. So I had to pull up my old witch hat and my skull sweater. Is this my color? Yeah, that's a good color. Those of you listening, not watching our YouTube show, <laughs> I have this uh, blue spider something. Yeah, let's put let's put the spider up here. Okay. And again, for those of you not watching the YouTube show and listening to the audio version of our podcast, Krista's wearing a big um, just a witch hat. It's just my hat. hat. This is my hat that I wear. And normally. this sweater looks like it. It has skulls on it. Yeah. So you're prepared. I mean, it wasn't what I wanted, though. The Amazon delivery person would have been awesome. So I'm going to do a favor to you and our listeners and viewers. I'm not going to sing you happy birthday. Okay, that sounds good. That sounds good. But thank you for the wishes. And you share your birthday with my sister. Your sister, yeah. Yep. So I don't know if you celebrate Halloween and enjoy it. What I love is tomorrow when all the Halloween candy is on clearance for 50% off or 75% off. That's my big day. All right. And we get no trick-or-treaters where we live. Oh, we get tons. I love it. And we have to go buy the big Costco bags, and we get worried every year that we're going to run out. So you buy four times what you need so that you have an excuse to have all that candy left over? No, we get rid of it. I don't keep it in the house. Okay. Well... This is the Clark Howard show you're listening to, not a Halloween show. And I want to tell you that we are here to empower you with knowledge that gives you the ability to make better financial decisions in your life. And uh, one of the things you'll do on this Halloween, a treat, not a trick, is to subscribe to our wonderful free newsletters at Clark.com slash newsletters. And in today's show, I'm going to talk about something that's a trick, not a treat. A lot of people really getting burned, booking travel. And I want to tell you what you need to be aware of. And coming up later, if you have a medical procedure, I got some ways for you to save money on that. So that would be sweet. I'm going to throw in Halloween references throughout the show. So that. That's, that's not a treat, not sweet. Yeah, no, that would be sweet to save money like candy. Okay. You know I mean? 
a very nice, very Some nice Easter eggs girl. in the podcast today. Anything you say today, I'm going to say, oh, that's so funny and so wise. Oh, and this so is brilliant. my day. I'm totally going to. it's your day. Yeah, I'm taking advantage of this. Are you really going to keep that on the whole podcast? Is it distracting? I don't have to. No, I think it's fine. I think it's fine. Okay. And you see my Halloween costume. I'm dressed up like a third grader. You're dressed as a cheapskate. <laughs> no, you're not a cheapskate. No, I'm dressed up like my wife says when I wear a backpack going out shopping or at the airport that I do look exactly like a third grader in my shorts, my tennis shoes, and my <laughs> golf true, shirt. True, You could have worn a red shirt today, and then you could have been a Target employee or a State Farm employee. You mean to go change? I no, have a red okay. shirt here. That's okay. For TV. That's you okay. sure? Yeah, we're good. Okay. Next year. All right. So my oldest brother recently bought an airline ticket on a UFO site. He went shopping for airfare on his phone, found a deal, clicked, purchased, and then later it went poof. And this is a problem that is happening all the time in the travel world. There are a lot of really sketchy sites And there are a lot of really underhanded people that are registering multiple names for travel booking sites, and they all somehow magically will have the same price, and they all lead back to the same place. And when you have a problem, the customer no service is unreal. Now, the well-known sites like uh, Booking and Priceline and Expedia, that sort of thing. People can have customer no service issues with these sites too, booking with a third-party site. But I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the problems people are having with the phony balonies, with the sites that are not legit, and you book with them, for something involving travel. It could be a tour, a hotel. Most often it's a hotel or a flight. And then you get there and they're like, we don't know who you are or you didn't pay for your room. And there you've already paid the sketch site. And then the hotel says, well, we see you have a reservation, but we got no money. Then you take the flights and you get there and there's no reservation for you because whoever you booked through supposedly never actually paid and bought a ticket for you and you've got no way to go. And so what's happening is people are going on a search engine, most often Google, and they're looking for something and they end up at who knows where. Uh, This came up recently. We had a question about a travel booking source somebody had found on kayak. This is an industry-wide problem that when you go to search for a deal and you see, wow, that's so much cheaper than I've seen anywhere else. And you click on it and you go and it looks like any other purchasing engine for a hotel or a flight. Put in your information, put in your card, they give you a confirmation number. Everything looks great until it's not. And then let's take the unreliability of the airline industry right now. When you buy at a third-party site and then your flight cancels because the airlines just don't really have that together right now, nobody wants to help you. I read a story just this weekend 
where somebody spent five and a half hours on hold trying to talk to somebody at the third party booking site when their airline flight was canceled. And it was a, it was not one of these sleazy, it was a mainstream respected booking site. They still couldn't reach someone for five and a half hours. I mean, this is a broken part of the travel industry. And I need for you to know to be very, very cautious and careful. And it is so often the case, a Google search does not lead to good results for you or your wallet, especially in the travel industry. Birthday girl. Okay. Matt in Maryland says, my parents just brought something to my attention and I wanted to see if it's something you've come across. They frequently shop at a drugstore, big drugstore, and have noticed upon checking their receipt on three separate occasions that they have had their total rounded up to the nearest dollar as a charity contribution without being asked. Really? Yeah. I'm no stranger to donating to charitable causes, but this seems like a very dishonest practice. I was wondering if this is something you've come across and wanted to offer your listeners a reminder to always check their receipts. Thanks for everything you do. So the way this is supposed to work, and I use self-checkout all the time, is it'll ask me when I'm checking out, would you like to round up your purchase and make a donation to whatever cause? And I used to be on a nonprofit board that had a tie-in with a supermarket chain, and we raised millions of dollars from people who were rounding up their purchase. I mean, it is an effective strategy for nonprofits, for charities to raise money. But it is to be a voluntary activity, not a mandatory one. And I've not heard this before. Mm -hmm. And so hopefully this is just a fluke. And so if you have also found where you're automatically being rounded up For somebody you may or may not even like as a cause, please let us know because if there's a pattern there, we need to know that. And I would definitely, if they're going to the same drugstore, the same location, talk to the manager there and just see maybe they have something wrong in their system that's making a glitch. Or Or maybe they put a lot of pressure on on their cashiers to do it and maybe they give some kind of bonus Mm -hmm. to whoever gets the most roundup. So. Could be anything like that. Renee in Nevada says, due to increased incidence of porch pirates, I began using Amazon Locker when possible. I thought this would be more secure. However, my neighbors have reported finding opened boxes with all the items removed when retrieving their packages in our local Amazon Locker. Amazon so far has been good about refunding or replacing the items since obviously it was a delivery driver issue, but how inconvenient. With the holidays fast approaching, What do you recommend as the safest way to have your Amazon and other packages delivered? I have to believe this is the freak show. See, you did all this for Halloween because we just had the one with things automatically being rounded up. Thank you, Krista. And now we're talking about somebody using Amazon lockers and having the items rifle through. And I would not say, obviously, it's a delivery driver issue. Could be somebody has a stolen key or code. Mm-hmm. How Do you know how employees access the lockers? I don't use those, so I don't know. But I definitely wouldn't use that local locker anymore, <laughs> for sure. Because I was in a situation where we were having, when we lived in a house, packages were being stolen. And so I was diverting deliveries 
to an Amazon locker when we'd order from Amazon. It's a staff locker. Mm. So there's somebody there. And I never had a problem with that. An unstaffed Amazon locker location, knowing Amazon, they probably have so many cameras on that spot that they would be able to figure out who was actually gaining access to the lockers. Because that's where I'm betting it's happening. Not with the delivery driver, but someone who's getting access to the lockers themselves, taking the stuff out, putting the things back in and relocking the locker. I would say that that's such an unusual pattern and not a common one. We've never heard that complaint before that I can recall. No, but for holiday packages, I'm getting a little sign. We have a doorbell camera, obviously, and that a lot of times would deter porch pirates. But I'm also getting a big sign from my friend that says security, you know, like video is being taken of you, basically. Security cameras here, and I'm having everything delivered to my house. So. But with your two vicious attack dogs, <laughs> why would anybody ever steal packages from your house? I don't know. Luckily, we haven't had it happen, but I want to prevent it. All right. Speaking of Amazon, let's go to Linda in New Hampshire. Hello. I have a warning for all Amazon holiday shoppers. And yes, Krista, I'm talking to you. She said, Did I write this? <laughs> they normally have an extended Christmas return policy starting in early October. I believe last year you could, you could return any items through January purchased after October 10th. This year, did they, they do not have an extended returns at least yet. That means everything I just bought on Prime Day is not eligible for return after Christmas. I'm now going to return everything I just bought and rebuy those same items, which is ridiculous. So buyer beware this year. The return policy thing is a big problem for retailers. They're losing a fortune. A lot of businesses are net negative through the Christmas shopping season because the cost of returns is so high. Um, you having to return what you just purchased and then rebuy it so that you're protected for after Christmas returns is a big mistake on Amazon's part, obviously, because now they're creating the very nightmare that they fear. If you are going to return the items, then here's what I want you to think about with your wallet. Through the month of November, starting tomorrow, it's Black Friday month, the whole month of November starting later, you know, really about five or six days, we're going to have a steady sweep of fantastic Christmas sales. And the items you're returning from Amazon may or may not be cheaper from Amazon. You may find that they're better to buy at other sellers, both online and in physical stores. So if you are going to start from scratch, then that's what I would do. And what's that say, Krista? Clark Deals. Make sure you subscribe to our Clark Deals newsletter. Um, go to ClarkDeals.com because they are on top of all the deals. They work so hard to figure out what's a deal and what's not this holiday season for sure. And let me tell you, for the Clark Deals staff, it used to be much easier when all the sales were from Thanksgiving Day through that Sunday or Monday with Cyber Monday. And now that the whole thing spread out, over the entire month of November. And this year, we did have a lot of sales through the month of October. It is a much longer, more difficult journey, but they do the best they can to keep you up to the minute on the true deals that are out there. We don't take money to post a deal like happens a lot in this universe. 
So the things that we post are things we believe in our heart and our head are absolutely great deals for you. So if you want to save money through the Christmas season, ClarkDeals.com is there for you. And coming up ahead, when is medicine not a deal? I'm going to share with you right ahead what you got to watch out for for your wallet. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. We got to talk. The medical industry has reformatted itself in a way that is brutal for your wallet, either directly or indirectly. If you have health insurance and it's provided through an employer, employers are spending by far the most they ever have to provide health coverage to you, now past $20,000 a year on average. For an employer, the portion they pay, not what you pay, what they're paying. And you see the deduction coming from you. And you may wonder if employers weren't paying so much for the premiums, where's that money go? Ultimately, in an employer's mindset, I can tell you as an employer, what I pay for my employees' health coverage is part of their overall compensation. Employees don't think of it that way. They think they get a paycheck and then just like candy falling out of the sky, that they are just receiving this health coverage. But for the employer, it's actual real money. And so what's happening with healthcare right now what you don't know can really hurt you out of directly your own wallet, your share that you pay in deductibles or what you have to meet each year before your health insurance kicks in. What I'm about to tell you matters so much. Hospital systems, supposed nonprofits, have figured out the game. They want to be dominant in a local market and they want to buy up hospitals it's not all unusual in a major market that one hospital chain may own more than a dozen, 15, 18 hospitals just in one metro area so that they can be a dominant player. And a lot of metro areas now have just two hospital systems that carve up the market, maybe three. But they decided it wasn't enough to own the hospitals. They want to own everything else. So they've been buying up doctor practices, freestander urgent care centers. They've been buying up freestanding surgery centers that are same day where you come in, they do something, and you go. And what you need to know is that everything about how you're receiving care is to try to guide you into that one system 
at a cost that can be five to 50 times what it is for care outside of that system. And I've talked in the past about going to have diagnostics like MRIs done at a free standard that's an independent. You often can pay cash for an imaging for less than what your share would be through a hospital because the cost of the hospital may be 25 times what it is at a free standard. With going to an independent surgery center instead of a hospital-related one, when it's for drive, what they call drive-through, where you're in and out a couple hours, half a day, same day, whatever, you can pay a whole lot less for your share and for the employer's share. That's why smart employers are offering employees incentives that if you go here, not there, the employer covers whatever your out-of-pocket would be. So giving you as a patient a direct financial incentive and knowledge up front about why you should go there instead of here. I had some tests approved recently, and I received four different letters saying, hey, you know, if you go here instead of there, it'll be cheaper for us. Wrong strategy from the employer. Wrong strategy. Because I don't get my health coverage from my own company, believe it or not. I get it from another media company. What they should have done is they should have said, here's a financial incentive for me to go here instead of there. Let the marketplace speak. Right now, you and I are being manipulated into what ultimately ends up costing us more money by the game these hospital systems are playing. And so shopping around when something is non-emergency, is urgent or less, shopping around will end up ultimately saving you a lot of money, whether it's the portion you would have to pay right then and there, or ultimately the total cost of what you end up having to pay directly or indirectly for your health care. Krista? Okay, Glenn in Ohio writes, my son is a high school senior and graduates next spring. He has been working at a grocery store bagging groceries and herding up shopping carts around 20 hours per week for the past two years and has amassed a substantial savings of about $15,000 in his savings account. That is fantastic. We are now beginning the financial aid process for college next year and will probably qualify for a Pell Grant for him based on my income. His older sister has already received one the past two years. Will his personal savings need to be reported on the FAFSA forms, and will they count that against us for financial aid? If yes, should he withdraw some of the savings from the bank now and keep it in cash at home, or give it to someone else in the family to hold for him for a while? He plans on living at home and commuting to college. We also plan on having him open a Roth IRA soon with at least a few thousand dollars so he can start saving for retirement. So Glenn, the last thing you said is the right path. The other things you said are acts of fraud. You can't hide money like that as a way to qualify for financial aid for college. But legally, your son has earned enough that he can take seven grand each year, now and then again in January, and move almost all that money into a Roth IRA. That will shelter it from being considered as personal assets to use for college by having it in a retirement account. That is completely a legal way to improve his status for financial aid. 
when money is in the hands of a student, that money is expected to be used first for that student's college. On the other hand, if that money is in a student's retirement account, it is not considered to be an asset that is called upon to pay for college. So set up the Roth IRA with one of my favorite children, Vanguard Schwab or Fidelity. Put it in the target retirement fund. Your uh, son, I'm guessing, is 17 or 18. So put it like uh, year 2065. That'd be right, 40 years, 50 years. 2070, 75, whatever. Put it in that. And remember, put in seven and seven. Seven this year, seven next year. Get that 15 grand, almost all of it, out of his name. And then you have dramatically improved his picture for financial aid. And I love the work ethic, all the work, all the savings. And if he is worried that he's saving it for some particular expense, he can take out the money that he put in penalty-free, just not the earnings. You can take the money out, last resort, not first. Darren in Oregon says, I've been listening to Clark for years and love the show. I listen to the podcast while driving for work several days per week. Recently, every time Clark mentions (laughs) G-O-O-G-L-E, my phone picks up on it and the assistant for that particular company asks how she can help. It's especially hilarious when he says it multiple times in a couple of sentences. My phone goes crazy. I just thought I'd let you know. So if I don't say okay that word or hey that word, I don't know why it's triggering. I don't know. But it is <laughs> triggering, apparently, for Darren. Sorry, Sorry Darren. about that, Darren. Okay, Michael in California says, I just got my fourth credit card at 21. I've been using them extremely responsibly and maxing out the benefits while never spending what I don't have. Assuming I never make a late payment and continue to be responsible, is there a limit to how many credit cards I can have before it negatively affects me in the long term? So... As long as you handle credit cards responsibly, I'm repeating back what you said, you can play the reward game and bonus game and cash back game all you want. You could have 20 credit cards, although that would be excessive, obviously. There are people who are really into the credit card thing who have dozens and dozens and dozens of credit cards, and that's a bit obsessive. But having many credit cards by itself will only ever harm you potentially when you're buying a home because it won't hurt your credit score. It may actually likely help your credit score having all these different cards with very low utilization. But mortgage underwriters sometimes freak out about how much available credit a potential borrower may have for a mortgage. And they may say, you're not credit worthy for a mortgage because of how much available credit you have access to with credit cards. But other than that, there's no harm, no foul, as long as you don't charge what you can't afford to pay for. If you charge only what you can afford to pay for, have as many cards as you want. And and we actually have an article on Clark.com because people ask this question, what's too little, what's too much in terms of credit cards. I say the the basic for any of us is the Noah's Ark rule. Two credit cards from two different financial institutions is 
a perfectly adequate number of credit cards to have. How many do you have? Because you have business credit cards too. So you have yeah, more. mostly I have business cards. Personal, I have four, I think, four cards. I should right. know that without having to think about <laughs> okay. it, right? I was thinking Costco, Sam's, Navy Federal, and Capital One Venture X. Anyway, the thing with credit cards is there are a lot of people who intend to charge only what they can afford to pay, and then it gets away from them. That's when you know you got too much credit. As long as you pay in full every month and your finances are rock solid, you're living on less than what you make, and you're saving money, I'm not afraid of credit cards for you at all. But now it's time for today's Clarky. Hey, Clark. My name's Margaret. I am a college student currently, and my mom has made me listen to the podcast. And I'm so glad you made me do it because now I actually started a Roth IRA with the money I have made doing my college job. And I've already saved for the past two years since I've been in college. And it was so successful for me that I got some of my friends as well to sign up for the Roth IRA. And they're all very thankful. So they all started to ask me where I learned this, and I got to say Clark Howard. So very grateful for everything that you teach on the podcast. And have a wonderful rest of y'all's day. Well, that is really sweet. So sweet. Lots of younger people theme saving money and doing a great job. Do you know that younger people are doing a much better job at younger ages saving money than their Older siblings may have done, their parents certainly did, or their grandparents, that there's a different mentality with so many people, late teens through their 20s, about saving money and living on less than what they make. It's great. And I read something about this that has to do with financial trauma that they saw their parents going through, Mm. that out of a negative something really positive came out of it. In this case, it was her mom nagging her. (laughs) And that's just fine, too, because you got the good virus. You got the money-saving virus. You already have that habit of doing that Roth IRA as a teenager, and that's going to pay off for you so big over your lifetime. It's just great. I got to tell a funny story to end today's podcast. So I'm at a gate at an airport. Sometimes there are people excited to meet me. And there's this woman who's just started working out of college. And she doesn't know what all the commotion is about. And while we're waiting to board, she says, so what exactly is it you do? And so I was telling her about it. And so then uh, we end up in line behind each other boarding the plane. And she says, So how should I save money? Uh, So I start telling her about the Roth IRA since I'm the man from Roth. mm -hmm. And on the plane, she went ahead and opened her Roth IRA account. That is awesome. And so that was just really neat that that happened. A lot is people don't know and they don't know where to go. They don't know what to do. And so to be able to, to have the motivation but not know where to put your money and how to build a financial future for yourself. That's a match game that we can help with. But the most important thing is the mentality of living on less than what you make from right when you're 
at that first stage of working and it becomes a habit, a great habit, because we have bad habits in life, good habits in life, and great habits in life. Learning to save young takes a good habit and makes it great. So thank you so much for being with us today. Remember what we're about, you learning ways to save more, spend less, and avoid getting ripped off.